0: Hello everybody and welcome back we are here with episode number 16 of the 306 fantasy football podcast and we are like moments away from draft day Uh, we've got a big draft coming up here between the three of us Uh, actually the podcast will drop on the day of our draft day we've got our 306 fantasy football charity league draft coming up here the boys are getting fired up and this week we have the episode of uh the draft day special we're getting everybody tuned up and ready to go for their drafts we're going to be going hard in the paint here with some of our adp darlings guys that we really like at their 80 AD, current adp uh, we also have a, a deep sleeper of each of ours and then we're also going to be sharing kind of the 306 stamp of approval uh, of three players that we all like uh the my guys episode as referenced in the fantasy footballers podcast they do the very similar thing. There's other podcasts that do the kind of the same idea as well, where they share their three guys that they're kind of all in on this season that are they're going to make the big jump and to be potential season winner or like uh, winners for your leagues uh, at their ADP, at their potential out, um, breakouts, et cetera, et cetera. So we got a lot in store here for you guys. Uh, with going into our season right away here, we're making the transition away from obviously our previous uh, episodes where we had the certain segments and we're obviously now going once a week, which we have the last couple of weeks here. Uh, so we're going to see a bit of change and a bit of transition right now. We're kind of in that tweener stage where we're kind of in the season. We're kind of not, but obviously the next couple episodes, you'll see in the brand new segments here from the three Oh six fantasy football podcast. And we'll be getting into our full routine of the fantasy football season. So the boys are excited about this one. Let's check in on the fellas before we get going here. So uh Armin, Arm, what's new and exciting? I know you came by, stopped at the house, helped me out a little bit today, so we did a little catching up, but tell everybody what's new and exciting.
1: All right, well, I uh, just did a draft last night. It was uh, for the six-team league I'm in, and yes, you heard that right, six teams, not 16. That's just (laughs) six guys drafting. It's a standard league, so no points per reception. I think it would get a little ridiculous if we did that, Um, and we just switched it, So now the third receiver slot is now a flex spot and the flexes in this league are just receivers and running backs, no tight ends. Um, So yeah, I'm happy with how I came out though Um, with this new development, it made my choice of going RB heavy at the beginning of the draft even more desirable. And I think I have a pretty uh, pretty good crew here because I'm able to start four RBs. So I have Jackson, as my QB. I got uh, Chubb and Zeke and Carson and Najee are gonna be my four RBs that I'm starting weekly off the bat here. I got Lockett and Iuke starting for my receivers, and I got Darren Waller. Um, I was hoping to get Kelsey, but I didn't pull the trigger fast enough on a tight end, so I took what I considered would be the next best guarantee because um, we just don't know with Kittle coming back from injury if he'll be as good as he was. Hopefully he is. Um, but I got Darren Waller there. And then my bench is Edmonds, Javante Williams, Jamar Chase, Terry McLaurin, Jalen Waddell, and Robert Woods. So I think I got a pretty good crew there. Um, what do you guys think?
0: Yeah, I think you
2: should probably put McLaurin in your starting lineup.
0: Yeah. I uh, He was... Like he's one of my favorite players going into this year. Like I especially when we talked about going running back early. I'm all in about McLaurin. I bought McLaurin off Zach. We talked about that a little bit last episode, but yeah, I'm I'm all in on him. I, I, I really like Terry McLaurin going into the season. But sixteen league man, that's like if you have one player that has a tough week, like you're that's all she wrote, I think. Like yeah. that's a, that's a tough, tough way to try and navigate your your starting lineup, I think. But
1: yeah, it's definitely a tougher one because yeah, you got so many choices. It's not just like I know who I'm starting. It's everybody on your team could be a starter in any other league, right? Yeah. So you really have to be careful how you choose.
0: It's very matchup dependent too. For sure. So what about you, Zach? What's been keeping you busy? I know you're in uh, getting, getting hard at the ADP, ready for the big draft tomorrow as well, but what's been keeping you busy?
2: Just uh just getting ready for work, getting ready for school. We uh we go back here. Uh, with no kids for about a week here and then on the first we we start welcoming the kids back so hopefully we get back to what we had a couple years ago as far as uh you know getting back to normal in the classroom so it's exciting times
0: for sure um man I just got back from Fort Capel had a nice little friends weekend getting together with a few buddies uh shout out to one of my good buddies we'll be talking about him a little bit here in uh on the podcast about the charity league he's uh one of my best friends and he's a huge fan of the podcast and he's on the charity charity league bowl as well. So a big shout out to Robbie Gates hosting, hosting us down for the weekend, Uh, shared some craft beers together over the weekend. And he gave us uh, his best critique of what he thought of the podcast so far. So it was a, it was a lot of fun to talk football with him and, and then obviously got to get together with the rest of the friend group a couple of days following after that. So it's nice to catch up with the good old high school and elementary friends that I haven't got to see in what seems like four years at this point with, with the way things have been going. So got back and now hard at Reynolds and back to work and I'm trying to make a football playbook. And it's it's been it's been a gong show lately, but uh, excited to be back, excited to, for kind of a, what feels like real life to be kicking back into into the uh, into transition here. So. Uh, before we get started, uh, we mentioned it last episode and I'm going to finally drop it now. We've got full confirmation of all the teams everybody's in uh, and we are setting to prep our draft right away here. So the 306 Fantasy Football Charity League, big shout out to these individuals for stepping up and congratulations for being in the inaugural first, uh, first season of the Charity League. Uh, so we have Connor Fox, Tyler Rock, Josh Lilly, Robbie Gates, Justin Primo, the three boys from the NC square podcast. Uh, So they've, they're co-sharing a team together. Uh, Brian Witherspoon, who was one of our interviews and NFL alumni, super bowl champion, Uh, Stephen Horrell, a team of St. Mary uh, staff that we are in a league together, Dwayne Garrow, Dave Cito and Chris Phelan. So shout out to them as well. Uh, We're co-managing a team as the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. And then concluding the list is Brady Woodcock and Logan Fossum. So we've got a good balance of guys from Saskatoon, Regina, Fort Capel, uh, PA. We've got uh, got a good list. And we had uh, quite a few applicants. Unfortunately, everybody didn't quite make the list, but it was a matter of pulling the names and kind of who got lucky was there. So uh, lots of guys were... We're hoping maybe we'd we'll be able to expand next year and get even more guys in. And obviously, the more the merrier when it comes to charity. So, that's the 12 teams that will be in our very first charity. Like, so big shout out to them. And we'll be kind of highlighting some of these individuals as the season progresses along as well. Too, so,
1: that's a pr- pretty good crew of guys, I think. There,
0: eh? yeah. We uh, we invited everybody into the group chat we're doing on sleeper. Uh, I've become a big fan of sleeper in the last couple of years. Uh, and one thing I really like about it, it has a nice, um, like a communication platform attached to it we invited witherspoon immediately starts trash talking immediately <laughs> it was brian witherspoon has entered the group chat immediately starts chirping about how he's gonna win the league so you, you gotta love it we're starting to get to that time of the year here uh drafts to be set right away everybody's kind of voting on the poll and then we're gonna set the draft um the draft spots by doing a 100 yard dash uh virtual run kind of similar to how we've done in other uh, other drafts we'll set one of those up we'll share that on our socials and and we'll be off to the races so um I guess we could probably get to finally get this episode going here this is this is a big one we're gonna look back at this one but seemingly probably about nine months maybe not quite a year down the road and say oh boy was I right or "Whole oh boy was I wrong but we are we're telling you guys that we're kind of all in for here moving into the season but first we'll get started with a little bit of insiders and headliners so uh, short but sweet this week. A uh, couple of things to mention: CD Lamb is on the COVID IR. Obviously, a big name, big uh, breakout candidate here. Guys that are hard in the paint for CD Lamb this year, um, going to have to kind of maybe take a step back and uh, maybe see if his uh, his draft position is going to dip a little bit. We don't know what the COVID. I know last year a couple of guys battled with that, but CD Lamb is on the COVID IR currently. Uh, this one happened just this afternoon, right, as we were getting ready to. Um, record. Uh, Henderson hurt uh, his hand in Ram's practice, so we're going to have to monitor that one. It's, it was very vague report, so we don't exactly know what to expect kind of moving forward, so we'll have to keep our eyes peeled on that one. Um, we've had some really good performances in the preseason. We're going to continue to monitor those and try not to get super overwhelmed and super hot and bothered and, and start crushing these ADP, but the one thing that we've been kind of monitoring a little bit on the podcast is the the veteran quarterback and the young rookie uh, quarterback and kind of some of those battles. And we have one right now that is emerging in a very unusual fashion. So maybe we'll go to our new England specialist here to discuss the quarterback dilemma that is happening in new England. So maybe you want to share with everybody what has happened right now and why, why all of a sudden they're making the transition at this moment.
2: Yeah. So if you've been paying attention to the New England Patriots over the past couple of months, um, depending on who you listen to and which articles you read, um, it seems like it's been a really dead heat so far between Cam Newton and Mac Jones for the starting quarterback spot. Um, Through the past two preseason games, uh, Cam's been the starter with Mac coming in uh, later on. But uh, now it's uh, just you know, a few days ago, I guess on Thursday after the second game, it it really became clear that both quarterbacks could be the starter and that it looked like Newton would get the nod just because um, of his veteran presence and his experience in the system. But this morning when I woke up uh, all over my phone, all over my Twitter was news that Cam Newton was on a, a modified COVID, uh, a covid list i guess <clears throat> as a result of him being away from, from the team um and not being able to pass some of the covid tests while he was away or not getting the the proper covid tests perhaps and now he has to sit out the for the next uh five practices and this is going to give mac Jones an opportunity to to practice with the ones get you know way more reps than he has been he doesn't have to share reps with Newton now, and he's, I hope he's not sharing reps with, with Brian Hoyer. Um, So now he's, he's getting the bulk of the reps with the ones. And on Thursday, he'll be practicing against the New York jets or the New York giants, pardon me, as part of their joint practices before their preseason game. So this is a really big opportunity for Jones. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's able to show that he belongs. And if that's the case, there may be a, a surprise cut coming out of new England in the next couple of weeks.
0: That uh, if that transition happens before the season starts, then I am all over. You're my guy. And I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to give it away too much, but my goodness, if that transition happens, Zach strong looks like an absolute genius at that current ADP. So
2: more so than usual,
0: (laughs) (laughs) just just another hat. He's going to wear and a little, another feather in the cap. So um, before we get rolling here, fellas, did you guys see that hit in the uh, Chicago bears game? talking about rookie quarterbacks. Oh my goodness. How he got up and walked away from that. For those of you that haven't seen this in the, uh, in the what was it? The second half. Cause they changed quarterbacks, right? Cause Andy Dalton started the first half yeah. and then he uh, he went in the second half and oh my goodness. Okay. First of all, that game was a write-off. Like, <laughs> Buffalo absolutely steamrolled I and mean, it was embarrassing, but Trubisky looked actually not half bad in that one, but um, my goodness, if you haven't seen that hit, you guys got to go take a look at it. Like helmet gone 20 yards back targeting. It was pretty, pretty bad hit, but uh, yeah, that was a, that was a vicious hit.
2: I think he hit him so hard. His headband flew off too.
0: Oh man. The, there was a funny picture. I think it was on the, um, the was it the pick six podcast, the bar stool one, I think it's called. They had a funny picture of him and he's getting up from like they're like welcome to the league kind of thing, and then they had a picture of when he's just like cross eyed and he was like, they, <laughs> Oh, he just looked dismantled, but obviously not too banged up. We he's uh, I think that transition might happen sooner than rather than later too. Like, he he looked pretty good, and the Chicago fan base was pretty excited to see him out there the last couple of preseason games, but um, that'll do it for insiders and headliners. Pretty short and sweet one this week. Not a whole lot going on. I think this next upcoming episode, we'll start to see a lot more uh, potential cuts, uh, stuff like that as we enter into the season and our final couple of weeks here. But um, we are obviously transitioning away from our standard. So keep trade cut is no longer a thing until the upcoming off season. Maybe we'll have a, a odd one here and there as maybe a filler of something like that, but it is no longer going to be a continuous week to week segment. Uh, and then hot takes are also in the rear view mirror as well. So uh, this one's going to be just a different episode. We're going to start off with our ADP darlings and we'll go in, in rotation and then we'll hit up the sleepers and then finish off with our my guys and that will be our episode this week. So all guys that we are kind of maybe giving you the pitch or the confidence that you need to target these guys in your upcoming drafts. Because I know as soon as this week, like Armin mentioned, he he drafted yesterday, we have a draft coming up well the day this podcast airs and then they have another one on the friday if i remember correctly and then the week after that we have three and then essentially a week from that we are into the nfl season so we are ready to go here uh why don't we start it off with armin armin maybe tell us your uh your adp darling and maybe give everybody a little bit of an explanation what that adp darling tag means
1: all right so adp darling is uh He's a guy that you see there sitting at his ADP, and you're like, oh, I love that. I gotta get me some mm-hmm. of that. He's he looks like a guy that will definitely outplay his ADP, the guys around him. He's definitely better than them kind of guy, right? Um, so my ADP, darling, um, is Josh Jacobs from Las Vegas. Now, I went last week talking a little bit about this, how uh, I don't think Drake's going to eat into his workload as much as people think. He's still going to be a top end RB. And right now, you can get that top end RB in the end of the second, beginning of the third round. Okay. Like I've done a few mocks and he's been going even like mid third in those mocks. So if you're kind of thinking, yeah, I want to do uh, two RBs right off the bat. He is a guy that you can definitely get as your second RB. And maybe if you're lucky, you could even get him as your third RB. Um, the only guy in around that area that I like better than him or well, maybe I shouldn't say better, but close to him is, uh, uh, Carson, but otherwise you got McLaurin who's pretty good player, but I'll take, take the, uh, workhorse RB over McLaurin. You got Deandre Swift who, um, a lot of people are saying that team's not going to be very good. Right. Um Alan Robinson again I'm taking RBs before before wide receivers I like Jacobs and Carson better than Montgomery too right so um, I'm I'm eating Jacobs up at that that spot there and loving it and I
0: I can't wait to to pick them there Zach your ADP darling let's hear it
2: all right so out of the five guys that I'm going to be talking about today I actually feel the lowest or the worst about about this guy. But the value, I think, is just too good to pass up. Uh, Right now, the 72nd player based on ADP is Michael Thomas. He's being drafted as wide receiver 30 right now. Uh, Last year at this time, he was the hands-down wide receiver one. And in most drafts, uh, regardless of the scoring settings, he was usually a top eight pick. Uh, Last year wasn't a great season for Thomas compared to what he's been in the past. He played in seven games, and that injury has kind of carried over into the offseason and and into the preseason, and it looks like he's he's slated to miss anywhere from three to six games this season. Um, On top of that, obviously, Drew Brees isn't there anymore, and uh, right now there's a a QB battle between Taysom Hill and uh, Jameis Winston. And I, I actually think whoever ends up winning that uh, that battle for the QB1 spot is going to be just fine for Michael Thomas, though. In the four games Thomas played last year with Taysom Hill, he averaged uh, 7.5 receptions, 9.2 targets, uh, nearly 86 receiving yards, um, with a run-first quarterback in Taysom Hill. And I think if Winston comes out and wins the job, uh, Mike Evans' season from 2019 is a realistic comp uh, for for Michael Thomas, and that would be about 67 receptions, eight TDs, and about 1,200 receiving yards. Um, Like We're looking at a guy in Michael Thomas who has the pedigree of the wide receiver one on his team and always in that conversation for wide receiver one in all of fantasy. And to get him at the wide receiver 30 um, in the middle of the sixth round, I think that's, that's just too good to pass up um do I think he's going to be um you know that the number one receiver this year absolutely not uh especially if he misses more than three or four games but he's somebody that for the the back two-thirds of the season could certainly be your your wide receiver one
0: yeah if he uh well even if he gets traded like it's still his still values can't get much worse like he was going at the 107-108 last year, which yeah, was exactly insane. Yeah.
2: This is uh, like an all-time low for him. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, especially if we're looking at the dynasty lines, I think this is by far the cheapest you'll ever get him. And then even into the redraft, like you said, it's, you're, you ain't buying him any lower than this. So, uh, My my ADP darling is uh, is a guy I even considered kind of potentially being a my guy, but uh, I uh, didn't quite have the load of confidence, kind of like Zach had mentioned there, but Uh, My guy is Antonio Brown. Uh, So currently right now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he is being drafted at ADP 99. So slotting him kind of in the rounds 9, 10-ish in uh, in those rounds. And you are looking at him as the wide receiver 39. Uh, So the part of the reason, I guess, the arguments of why he is where he is, is he's in the three-headed monster between two other very good receivers. Uh, Mike Evans, who is currently the wide receiver 13, and Chris Godwin, who is the wide receiver 14. Uh, But one of the reasons why I like Antonio Brown is, is because of the connection that he has with Tom Brady. Like people are forgetting he lived with Tom Brady. Like he literally lived in his house. So the connection between the two of them, just as individuals is quite strong. And he ended up joining the Buccaneers in week nine. So at week nine, he started kind of, settling himself into that offense started a little bit slow but then after that it was just steady Eddie from there you could the targets he got he had 61 targets and 45 receptions in just those uh, up to week 16. I didn't count for week 17 it was because I'm looking at the fantasy stats uh, he had 61 targets from week nine on and 45 receptions you were looking at a guy that could consistently get you 10 to 12 points and when I'm looking at guys those late rounds you're looking at guys that either you're going for the boomer bust that you are probably going to drop or you're looking for those plug-and-play guys. And I don't think we've seen the ceiling for Antonio Brown at this point. I mean, while Mike Evans, you're looking at a round four pick, maybe even round three. Uh, Chris Godwin's in the same boat, obviously, a wide receiver, 13, 14, back-to-back. Uh, but Antonio, uh, Antonio uh, Brown is not, even from in my eyes, not much of a separation from talent between the three of them they're all three very talented receivers yes antonio brown is quite a bit older he's on the back end of his career but he's i think he still has it and there is obviously a solid connection between the two so when you're in those late rounds and you're looking for those kind of dart throws or guys that can pan out for you you're looking at antonio brown that is gonna be steady eddie 9 10 points with serious upside so that is uh why i really like antonio brown especially at his current adp uh, Armand, your deep sleepers. So uh, let's, for those of you at home, deep sleepers, like these are guys that are going very, very late, maybe even undrafted. So, uh, once again, we're talking about those dart throws. Like these are the guys that are like, you can just borderline cut them after week one, if it doesn't really pan out. But these are guys that we're kind of maybe giving you a little bit of, uh, a, a little boost or a little bit of a confidence burst on uh, why maybe we're doing our dart throwing these specific guys so armin you want to share your uh, deep sleeper
1: yeah all right so my deep sleeper he is a guy that um you will know pretty quick into the season whether or not you should keep him or not so he's definitely one that uh you can take him late in drafts and then drop him right away and you'll know whether or not but what if i could tell you you could get a potential wide receiver one for a team undrafted
0: what would you say about that jordan uh i feel like i already know where you're going with it and i'm gonna like it
1: all right (laughs) so um yes so my guy my deep deep sleeper here is tyrell williams okay um now jordan you're a lions fan what do you think are the odds that he's wide receiver one for the lions
0: yeah it's uh you spin the wheel you're gonna find out uh real quick who's the reports are that he's looking real good in camp uh if i was gonna put my my spin the wheel on a rookie i've already think i mentioned on the podcast who my rookie or not rookie my detroit receiver is but i mean everybody on that receiving room has just as likely of a chance just tyrell williams has proven it more than anybody else in that in that room
1: yeah and goff although not Matty stafford has produced with fantasy relevant or has produced fantasy relevant receivers in the past right so um tyrell williams could potentially be the wide receiver one for the detroit lions and he is pretty well going undrafted in most leagues here um like his adp here Um, best is 109 worst is 370 he's sitting at 296 so as you can see pretty well undrafted so you can just wait till the very end and then just pick him up as a flyer or if you want to pick him up waiver wire week one or week two go for that as well as it's starting to come out but um he he could have that potential he's put up a thousand yard season in the past that was his last like fully healthy season he's been kind of battling injuries since then but he's still been respect respectable with his uh with his yardage totals putting up 700 and then two 600 yard seasons not great but uh for last round guy undrafted not too bad so uh that's my deep sleeper for you guys you could get a wide receiver one undrafted
0: tyrell williams i uh i kind of forgot so at first i thought he set set out the season because of covid he had a season ending injury in the preseason right like he if he if he could stay healthy we don't know like it's been two full seasons since we've seen him healthy but last time you saw him he was pretty sharp and he was definitely one of those guys that you you picked up late in your drafts and it definitely pounded out like i think he was like going around the sixth round seventh round i think if i remember correctly the last time we seen him and he put up put up some pretty good numbers so if you can if he can stay healthy i can definitely see the uh the path to success for him so
1: yeah and it sounds like he has been healthy and like you said he's been looking good in camp and yeah um he's a guy that that can produce big numbers
0: if given the opportunity yeah zach you're uh you're deep sleeper let's hear it
2: well i definitely thought i was going to have the uh the latest adp for my deep sleeper but i, I guess not <laughs> um so without further ado, I want to take off my my regular hat and I'm put on my Patriots hat for this one.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: All righty. So my deep sleeper is uh shouldn't be a surprise to you guys that have listened to the podcast before. It's it's none other than Jacoby Myers, uh wide receiver 65, ADP of 182, and you can get him in the 15th round. Um, much like Tyrell Williams, you're probably uh, you don't need to draft him. You could probably get him um, off the waiver wire. Um, one thing though, I would say is don't let guys like that Williams or Myers go undrafted, and don't uh, let them sit on the waiver wire after week one. Um, a guy like that, where you you think going to produce right away, draft or pick him up before the first set of games because after that first set of games you're going to have competition to try to get those guys get them before they play their first game. So Myers uh he didn't start the season for the Pats last year. Uh it wasn't until week 7 that he stepped onto the field and from week 7 on he was the wide receiver 22 in uh PPR formats. Um this offseason the Pats upgraded the Skill positions brought in two, uh, you know, proven NFL receivers in Aguilar and Bourne. Brought in two, um, you know, top ten tight ends in Henry and Smith. And through it all, through the first two preseason games, Jacoby Myers is still the number one target, and he's the one of the highest rated receivers through the first two pre- preseason games by PFF Um, by the looks of it, regardless who the quarterback is, whether it's Newton or Jones, the quarterback play will improve in new England from last year. And that is only going to help Jacoby Myers Uh, much like what Jordan said about those late round guys. um, I wouldn't expect Jacoby Myers to be a big boom type of guy, but he's going to be super, super safe for you. He's going to give you 10 12 points every game. Especially in PPR formats, so just a nice steady Eddie guy to have, either as like one of your flexes or bye week or injury insurance for sure. So don't uh, don't make the mistake of waiting for or after the first game to pick up Myers. Make sure you have him before that first round of uh, waivers go through.
0: Yeah, there's uh no surprises there. If you've listened to the podcast at <laughs> all, you knew that uh that he was either gonna be one of uh, Zach's My Guys or he was gonna be mentioned in this podcast uh episode at some point. But uh Armin, you bought the dip, man. you you're trying to trade for him in our dynasty league. Like you're you're all in on him just because of what Zach's mentioned, I think.
1: Yeah, like he's been talking about him so much and you know, eventually started looking into him and it's like, oh yeah. And I've been paying attention a little bit preseason here. And like Zach said, he's looking good in the preseason. And wide receiver 22 for those last week seven on, right? That's pretty good value at undrafted, I'd say.
0: Yep. Um, same as kind of how um, Zach had mentioned. If you've listened to this podcast, you might have to go into the deep takes here. This this one is even before Zach joined the podcast Uh, My hot take was about the individual that I am going hard in the paint for late at drafts. Uh, And once again, kind of similar to Zach, I'm putting my fan base hat on to to make this decision. And and maybe that's why I kind of have a little bit of sniff and why I think this is going to pan out. But my uh, my deep sleeper is Jamal Williams, running back for the Detroit Lions. Uh, Currently in ADP, the pick 122. Uh, the running back 44 being taken, so that puts him kind of in the 10th, 11th round, depending on your formats. But in 12 team leagues, it puts them around the late, late 10, early 11 ish is kind of where this ADP is. Uh, also, like, like Armad had mentioned, sometimes undrafted. So, uh, Jamal Williams, the arguments against him is he is potentially the number two running back in a team that has historically not ran the football and a team that is, looked, is trending to be a not successful football team this upcoming season. Uh, so there is a lot of arguments to maybe why you should be hands-off on Jamal Williams, but I'm going to kind of tell you why I have, I have a feeling or I believe that he is going to be someone you're going to want to pick up late in drafts. So uh, the first one is DeAndre, DeAndre Swift. And DeAndre Swift, I love him. I was so, ha- uh, so happy that the Lions drafted him. Um, but he's been battling injury and, uh, he has had issues with the concussions. He's been nicked up and he had a groin injury in camp. Um, so he's already entering the season kind of nicked up. And if you go back to last season, watching Jamal Williams with the Packers, Uh, And I'm not comparing obviously the Lions offense to the Packers offense by any stretch of the imagination here. But the Packers offense was very successful running two running backs. And you saw Jamal Williams get the hurry up offense because he is very, very good at catching the football. So he already has that PPR uh, scoring upside because he can catch the ball so well. Um, And the argument that while the Lions haven't really run the ball in the past, this is a totally different organization, totally different. They hired Dan Campbell, who is a man's man and wants to pound the rock nonstop. We we might be losing game by 45 points, and we're still going to run the ball. That's this kind of that's kind of how this team is going to operate. Um, so they're setting themselves up for success. And this was one of the very very first signings that the Lions made with the new with the new regime. Uh, they went out and got their guys. They want to be tough. They want to be hard nosed, and they made a point of signing Jamal Williams. Um, he's also, if you pay attention to Lions camp at all, Jamal Williams has already become a very big fan favorite of, of all the fans and the players in the organization already. Um, he is somebody that you just want to cheer for. He's somebody that has had standalone success in a two-headed monster in the past. And to throw in there that was swift with the potential injury uh, injury history already and some question marks from the season to pick up a... a possible guy that is either going to share the load or could take the load over in this late uh jamal williams is a sneaky sneaky pickup so i think uh i think especially if you're going running back early in your drafts where say you you're picking up the kamaras and then you come back in the next turn with your ceh or your Najee or your chris carson or whoever it may be um and then you don't you can or Montgomery I guess that's another guy we've kind of pumped the tires on a little bit this last episode if you can pick up Jamal Williams as your fourth fifth sixth and you can go hard in the paint with the receivers in that third fourth fifth round and and kind of come out with a nice level team Jamal Williams is a guy that you can hold on to and and you can plug in for bye weeks and he's just gonna I personally believe he'll just be a consistent guy could get you the eight nine ten points he's not going to maybe win you a week necessarily unless there's injury but he's definitely not going to lose you a week and we've seen that historically from jamal williams in the past so so i i love jamal williams i like what he brings to the table from detroit lions and he is going to be on a lot of my fantasy teams this upcoming season
2: that's two more detroit lions than i expected to see on this list holy (laughs) (laughs) smokes
0: That's why they're sleepers,
1: man. It's it's (laughs) Lions. Nobody's drafting them. Yeah. But how how can you not like a guy like Jamal Williams man? like he he is a handcuff that um, with that offense is going to be pounding the ball. So if Swift is out, watch out like he could be putting up some pretty good numbers, too. So
0: even Swift at his ADP, let alone right now, too, is much too low. Like he's going behind all the big names. He is kind of rating that fourth round ish, like to hit no hit and miss, kind of depending on like it's obviously the, the running backs they vary a little bit, but yeah, with him, even swift, like you can you can make an argument for why you could get him so late too, but but obviously I'll I'll wait even longer <laughs> and pick up old Jamal. So, um, okay, well, that'll do it for the. The other two, now we're going to get into the big ones. These are the ones that if we go back and we look and we're wrong, we're going to look like a couple of meatheads here. But we're putting our stamp of approval here, 306, stamp of approval. Uh, And like we mentioned, we kind of got the idea from other podcasts the Fantasy Footballers. They do their My Guys episode. It's a big ordeal where they kind of share their ideas. Um, (laughs) I guess share some similar ideas because a couple of our guys are similar guys that they – put their stamp of approval on. Uh, other podcasts do a very similar idea. But these are the guys that, A, we want in every one of our drafts, and, B, we think can take a big step forward and potentially win you drafts. Like last year, taking Stefan Diggs in, was it the sixth, seventh round, he single-handedly could win you drafts. Getting DK Metcalf in the fifth six can single-handedly win you drafts. So those are the types of players that we are targeting here that can make the big jump, especially at their ADP price. That can become very, very valuable for your team. So we have three guys. We're gonna go through them. Uh, we'll continue them same order here. Armin will share his first one. Then Zach and myself will get through our three, and that's gonna that's gonna kind of do it for our our stamp of approval players here. So uh, Armin, let's hear your uh, let's hear your first one.
1: All right, so my first guy that is going to produce a bumper crop for
0: you with high yeah, yield. Yeah, hold on. Let's explain this, Armin. <laughs> we were throwing around ideas, so we just stuck with my guys for this year. I'm going to come back here. Armin, tell everybody what you wanted to call it and explain it here. This is a SAS connection.
1: All right, so I either wanted to call it our bumper crop guys or our high yield players, right? Um, going with the farming connection in Saskatchewan, and we're in harvest time right now. Um, we're going h- hard into it as Jordan likes to say harden the paint and the harvest here uh, we're we're looking at bumper crops we're looking at high yields they're hoping that we get them right so as we're drafting these guys it's like sowing our seed and hoping that we're gonna get high bumper crops and uh, and high yields here so a little SAS connection there for you I thought it was clever uh, maybe uh, you as the the audience wants to to tell us what you think of it. And maybe next year we can actually use that as what we call this episode.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I almost forgot to, to tee you up for that one, Armin. So thank God you remembered. So let's see, let's hear your, let's hear your first one. I couldn't let it slip
1: through, man. All right. My first guy here talked about him a lot. I've, I'm a huge fan of him. And I love where you can get him in drafts because, um, it makes me very comfortable and content not getting one of the top-end draft picks in, in a league and getting more of a, a late for, mid or late first round, and that's Nick Chubb, okay? Um, you hear people say, well, Kareem Hunt. Well, since Kareem Hunt has come into the fold, Chubb still put up almost 1,500 yards when he was healthy, almost 300 carries, right? And that year he he had 36 receptions so he still contributed a bit in the passing game almost 300 yards in the passing game. So he put up almost uh 1800 yards in in that season, right? That's pretty huge and that was with Kareem Hunt in the fold. Last year he uh was injured for for four games there and he missed some time, but he still put up um 1200 yards total. Um, combined yards right so um, and he's getting drafted at RB6 on average right now Um, he does get drafted a little higher so you might miss out on him but then you'll get some some other guys that uh, that are getting drafted before him usually instead but he his worst is number 20 like some drafts you might be just licking your chops at that last pick in the first round and still get Nick Chubb, right? Like he might come to you then. Um but taking him at the 6, I'm happy to do that. Um the guy you'd be passing on is Barkley who there's some question marks about, JT some question marks about, Aaron Jones in a committee backfield, right? So um Taking Chubb at six, I'm very happy to do that. He can put up huge yards, even with Kareem Hunt there. Um, they're they're a team that loves their end game. They love to pound the ball. They have a great offensive line with Nick Chubb, one of the best pure running backs in the league, running behind it. So I think he's going to put up another 1,400 yard rushing season, and then a little bit of a bonus uh, receiving yards on top of that.
0: No, uh, no surprise for Armin Schellenberg's my guy number one. He's been he's been pumping those tires pretty hard this last little while, and I tried buying him in Dynasty. It's never gonna happen. I don't know why I keep asking him, but that's uh, that's Armin's my guy for life. I think so.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Zach, you're my guy number one. Let's hear what you got. All right.
2: So bear with me here, folks. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. B A. That's the Konami code. And if you've done any research um, <laughs> into fantasy quarterbacks, that is the the most in vogue thing you could possibly be looking for. Uh, the Konami, the Konami, ooh, the Konami code is in reference to quarterbacks that provide the the passing and the rushing upside. Uh, my first my guy is Ryan Tannehill. He is the Konami code light. He's not going to give you the eight hundred. Uh, 900 yards rushing that some other quarterbacks will but he's going to give you 300 rushing yards and you know six seven eight rushing touchdowns um last year Tannehill finished as the QB7 on the season and if you take uh Deshaun Watson out of the equation he finished as QB6 um this offseason what did the Titans do they elect uh they let John Newsmith leave and uh, they brought in Julio Jones. So by all estimations, that's a pretty good trade-off for the, for the passing game. And uh, even though he was propped up by those seven rushing touchdowns, if he can, can, if he can come close to replicating those numbers, I think he's going to far exceed his uh, average draft position of 86 and uh you know, steamroll past QB 11 on the year. Um, He's definitely somebody that I am targeting, somebody that I'm excited on drafting. Um, I'm going to let the other people go after Mahomes and Josh Allen and uh, Jackson and all those guys. And I'll sit back and I'll wait until the seventh or eighth round. And I'll just take Ryan Tannehill. Nice, nice, safe guy with some nice, nice rushing upside.
0: If uh, if we're going back to the Tinder episode here, I'm going to super like that one. That's,
2: uh,
0: (laughs) oh man, he's my favorite quarterback target this upcoming season. And you just get him dirt cheap when everybody else is just going hard after quarterbacks and you can just make a better roster altogether. I I really, really like that take there, Zach.
2: I think the only quarterback that could possibly uh, produce more based on their ADP is Jalen Hurts. Yep. And uh yeah, I think Jalen Hurts would be a bigger roll of the dice than Ryan Tannehill. I don't see how Ryan Tannehill can can not succeed or at least not match his ADP, where I could see Hurts really falling on his face. Yeah.
0: We're uh we're on the same wavelength here. Like as soon as you start saying I'm like, you're gonna say Jalen Hurts. That's the only other guy I'm thinking. <laughs> we're we're on the same page here. We're we're dialing it in today, folks. Um, okay, so I'm gonna give my first one. And if you are any sort of fan, even a part time fan of this show, this is going to come to no surprise for you. Uh, My number one is Chris Carson. Uh, So Chris Carson might be one of the most slept on players when it comes to fantasy football every single year next to Aaron Jones uh, I think he kind of is slept on continuously and then always kind of is like oh hey why we draft him at the back the first and he finished top five again so but Chris Carson he's a guy that you can get in the third fourth like he is dipping and as we get closer to draft season he's dipping again and it's insane that every year his ADP continues to dip and dip. And then he'll light it up and everybody's like, oh yeah, next year, don't forget about Chris Carson. And then there'll be kind of some spicy takes at the start of the uh, start of the off season. And then they'll dwindle and then it'll be like, oh yeah, Chris Carson, don't draft him. I don't get it because all he's done is produced year in, year out. He's uh, he's uh, picked up the the injury tag a little bit. So I think that's maybe a little bit why people have slept on him a little bit. Uh, But right now, he's going ADP 31, and he's going as the 17th running back off the board. Uh, Last year, when he played, he averaged around 17 points per game. And he is, like I mentioned, always being slept on. He did nothing but win people weeks last year when he was on the field. And you you can get him as your running back two really late. You can get him as your running back three. And people are saying, Oh, yeah, well, maybe it's Rashad Penny season. Yeah, that that ain't it. That ain't it. That's that ain't it. Okay. Like if Rashad Penny makes the team and maybe gets through a week or two, I'll give the guy a pat on the back. Well done, Penny did it, but he is not going to eat into Chris Carson's season. Okay. Chris Carson is always gonna have a solid role on this team, and he is going to win people championships, especially going around his current ADP. Nobody wants to draft him. I don't get it. And then everybody's going to try and trade for him midseason like it happens every single year. Okay, This team fired their offensive coordinator because they didn't run the ball enough. Well, who else is going to get the rock? Like I said, Rashad Penny? No, it ain't happening. Okay? He is a steal of a deal, especially at his ADP. And lock it in, he will win you championships if he continues to get the workload.
1: You know, I can't uh, argue too much with that, except I, I think Penny will have a little bit of value. <laughs> yeah, hot take from last week. <laughs> yeah, my hot take from last week. But, uh, you know, Cart- if they're pounding the rock, I don't see why not uh, the Seattle offense can support two uh fantasy-relevant RBs like other teams have.
0: It ha- It happens every year. Every single year. It's like, oh man, Chris Carson went that late in your draft. It's like, he's just so disrespected. I I don't get it. And he's just, he's talented. All he does is produce when he's on the field. All it's all he does. And every running back misses time. I think we talked about this. Oh man, it would have been four episodes ago. I can't quite remember, but there was only like three running backs that were in the top 24. I think that played all season, which like, it just, is it all running backs miss time? So when you say, Oh, the running backs injury prone, unless he's missing like significant time every single year, then you don't have the injury prone label, right? Like, so he, uh, if he manages, if he stays healthy and by stay healthy, I mean, probably misses one or two weeks. That's like lock it, lock it in, lock it in.
1: Well, and that's the thing. He's not a major injury guy. He's getting minor nicks and injuries that day a few weeks. And that's going to happen. You get that many touches. Yeah.
0: Uh, You want to give your number two here, Armin? You're my guy number two.
1: All right, my guy number two. I'm sticking with the Seahawks. It's not Richard Penny. I talked about him last week. (laughs) Still going to hammer that though. I'm going to keep a close eye on it. Anyways,
0: my guy for. Oh my God, hold on. I got interrupted here. Breaking news. This was an honorary my guy that I was going to pitch in for me and Zach. And I just got the notification Adam Troutman is being carted off the field.
2: I just saw Uh, that too.
0: I might have to resign from this podcast because I'm about to cry here. That's uh, honoring my guy that we are going to have to monitor that. Sorry, breaking news there. I had to cut you off because I was going to see Zach go wheel out of the podcast and have to tell everybody why he left. So, (laughs) Okay, sorry for interrupting there. I'm going to continue.
1: Well, I'm sorry. Sorry, you guys. I wasn't as high on him, but uh, that still sucks that he's getting carted off. Yeah, My guy, number two, is none other than tyler lockett another guy that we've been talking a lot about lately um and he is being drafted at around 52 so your fourth fifth round in there okay um this is a guy like we said before that makes it comfortable to not pick a receiver till a bit later in the draft um he in another argument that always goes against him is that uh DK Metcalf is there and he's a, he's a big dog there. And yeah, I'm not going to argue that Metcalf is the big dog in Seattle, but Tyler Lockett has had his best two seasons since Metcalf has come into town. So they help each other out is the thing here. It's not a one cannibalizes the other. It's a, one helps the other out and by uh DK Metcalf taking on so many, the top, top corners and always been safety help and stuff it opens tyler lockett up to some very big games and you can't uh can't argue against picking up lockett he's going to put up points for you um sometimes he does bust a little bit um and that's just what fantasy is all about right you gotta gotta take those losses when you get them but those highs with tyler lockett oh boy are they high
0: and and love to have them we're in too many drafts together because we're gonna be doing the race for Tyler Lockett, where his isn't gonna be valuable anymore because we're just gonna be hammering him early every time we draft against each other here, Armin. Yeah. That's and I, I promise on my last
1: my guy here, it won't be a guy we already talked about.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, his uh man, especially best ball formats, he might be the best receiver to own. Like it's insane. But
1: oh best ball, smash that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh you're uh you're number two here, Zach. Let's hear it.
2: Alrighty. I'm going to put on my second Patriots hat for this one.
0: (laughs) If you're asking how many hats he's got folks, we don't have time to explain it.
2: (laughs) Alrighty. So my, my second, my guy is Damian Harris, uh, running back 33 uh, ADP of 83 overall somewhere in the sixth round in a 12 team league. Um, If you like Chris Carson, you are going to love Damian Harris Uh, Last year, in 10 games, Harris had 137 attempts, an average of five yards per carry for 691 yards. Last year, Carson, in 12 games, had 141 attempts, so about four more attempts. Uh, He averaged 4.8 yards per attempt, so that's less than what Harris had, and he finished the season with 681 yards rushing. 10 less than Harris. So these two guys are very similar uh, production from last year. Uh, the only difference is you can get Carson in the third round and you can get Harris in the sixth round. Um, this is Harris's first full off season um, between injuries, COVID and injuries again last year. Um, he's healthy this off season uh, by everything I've read from reporters in Boston He looks like he's in incredible shape. Uh, Belichick has stated that he's the running back one. Um, That's probably the most candor that Belichick's ever had in the preseason. (laughs) Um, It's no secret that the Pats want to run the ball. Their offensive line is ginormous. Um, As long as Harris can stay healthy, I can imagine him getting lots of opportunities um, throughout the season. Um, one thing that I would be worried about though, with, uh, with Newton, especially at quarterback, I could see Newton taking some of those red zone touches away from Harris. But even if that's, you know, the case, Harris is still really good value and somebody that could really produce for your team. Um, I I've seen a few things on Twitter saying, Matt, like the, the Patriots, how can you trust the backfield? Sony, Michelle, James White, Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson like yeah on the surface that makes sense but the past two games Harris has been in for one or two series gets his feet wet the pats pull him out and then they just pound the ball with their backup running backs yeah um would would be
0: surprised if they cut Michelle like I think he won't be on the roster come yeah. season start
2: it's clear to see that they they want to keep Harris healthy they know what they have in in Harris and they just want to pound the ball with the other guys and uh, something that I really noticed on Thursday watching the Pats against the Eagles is when the Pats put in their their second string offensive line, these are all guys that have started multiple games in the NFL, whereas the Eagles defense were a bunch of car salesmen, a bunch of construction workers in a few weeks. And that's why those backup running backs are eating. That's why Ramondre Stevenson has four touchdowns yep. in two games. Because it's pros against Joe's in the yeah. second half, um, so don't be don't be scared because Harris isn't getting reps, isn't getting run in the preseason. Um, definitely buy into it, drink the Kool Aid with me, and uh, get yourself a RB two in the sixth round.
0: You're almost you're almost hoping that they make that transition from quarterbacks in like week one, week two. Because if they make that transition now, his ADP is going to continuously climb, I would only imagine, because people are going to be more confident with the touchdowns.
2: Yeah, that's a good point, for sure. Yep.
0: So let's uh, fingers crossed for week two transition there, hey, Zach? <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, we won't, uh, we won't mention on this podcast, but maybe a couple episodes later, what me and Zach traded for him to be able to swindle me yeah. for Damian Harris, because that still gives me nightmares, but... Uh, we'll go with my number two here. And once again, this one is no stretch of the imagination that he was going to be on my my guys' list. Um, if I can get them both on my team, I'm going to be super happy, especially if I have that, like, I'm going to say top five pick in drafts, there's a really good chance that you're going to end up with, like, so say, like an Alvin Kamara, Chris Carson, and this guy. And if I start with those three running backs, I will be extremely excited and hammering receivers late. But this one's no stretch of the imagination. If you've listened to this podcast at all, I've been pumping the tires of this individual for weeks, if not months. I think he was my hot take about two months ago. But it's (laughs) Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the running back uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, His ADP is once again climbing, and that is why people are kind of uh, were not wanting to take him because of what happened last year. His ADP climbed, climbed, climbed. He went in some drafts at the 104 position, 105, 106. He went to like it's just His ADP climbed where he needed to be one of the most successful rookie running backs to be able to produce on his ADP. One reason why it would have been hard uh, in the paint for CEH was because of his ADP. It has uh, been an overcorrection over-corre- uh, over, uh, by a landslide. To where people were getting Ceh in the off season in the third, fourth, fifth round, uh, especially in those super flex leagues, you could get him in the fifth, sixth round. Sixth round, it was just being stupid how people had gone so far the opposite direction for Ceh. We are watching his ADP slowly trickle up into uh, the early to mid seconds at this point now. Uh, so that's going to be something to monitor for sure. But I still think, if even if you get him in the middle second round, it is still extremely good value. Hey, um, Some of the negatives he had last year, he only had four touchdowns. Even if you give him three additional touchdowns, four additional touchdowns, he is an RB1. You were still burnt a little bit because of the draft price, but you, you owned a current RB1 in his rookie season. He's 21 years old. He is still younger than Najee Harris, which is so crazy to believe that he is going into his rookie season and Najee will be entering his sophomore season. It's just, it's hard to believe. But uh, last year, he finished with 158 points in half point uh, formats with only three touchdowns. Like I mentioned, if he had a couple more touchdowns there, they were looking a lot more juicy. But he had 181 attempts, 803 yards with four touchdowns. It's still, he just, it's it's yardage after yards and it's opportunities over and over. And if he can start kind of getting into the touchdowns and finding himself in the end zone, you got to keep in mind that he's on the number one offense in the NFL. And there's no stretch of the imagination that it runs through Kelsey. It runs through Mahomes. But there's they find themselves in the red zone more often than any team in the NFL. So he's going to continuously have the opportunities. And right now where you're drafting him is you're drafting that at his floor and you're nowhere near his potential ceiling. So that is why I am all in on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And, I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you know I'm pretty hard up for him so trying to buy him in <laughs> dynasty it's not going well <laughs> um you know,
1: I I like that scenario of Camara CEH and Carson
0: three in a row like, could there, you that. like I'm licking my chops yeah like it's 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 been now maybe with the CEH creeping up a little bit that's a little more likely but I've seen lots of mock drafts where guys start CMC Clyde Edwards-Alaire and then whoever you're running back three like, you know I mean? I've like seen the Dobbins, the, like for me, it'd be obviously Chris Carson, but I've seen the Dobbins, I've seen the Montgomerys, I've seen those types of starts. And if you can start with those three or you can start with, like I said, obviously a good uh, uh, quality top five running back CEH and then start getting your wide receiver ones even, like, yeah, it's pretty juicy, okay. but... <laughs> pretty juicy uh you're uh you're running back or sorry running back sorry you're my guy number three armin your final my guy stamp of approval all right
1: so my final my guy here you just drafted locket in the fifth round there you're happy about it you got a good wide receiver after getting a bunch of rbs off the board next guy up next round take brandon Ayuk that's when you're going to get him. He's, uh, ADP is 62 and a half PPR right now. Um, at worst, he's being drafted all the way to 90. Okay, so some guys are drafting him super late and at best 39. Okay. Um, so not, not a huge reach on him for, for some people, but, um, so Ayuk, he and his rookie season last year, he put up 750 yards almost at 748 and he also scored um five touchdowns okay now he got real hot near the end of the season right he started slow but then he did not score under double digit um, points from week seven all the way to week 15 he was producing and then after that um, I think he ended up getting injured in week 16, partway through the game and missed week 16 and 17. But this is a guy I think is gonna take an even bigger leap this year. Um, he is, in my mind, without a doubt, the best receiver in San Fran. They now have Trey Lance in the ball and he has looked good on the deep ball this year. So Ayuk is pretty well their only deep ball threat, but he is also a yak yards guy as well so just he he was able to do it all and he's going to be in an offense that uh that will be utilizing him in that way um george kittle will be coming back yeah but that might open it up even more for you of cannibalizing each other right um and then that run game too they run heavy but again, it's just going to improve his efficiency, and he is going to show up and, and produce, I think, because he is a Yak Yards guy, so they'll get him on the slow, on the low routes, and then they'll hit him high on the deep ball after everybody's starting to crouch down, and that that efficiency on the deep ball should be good, I think.
0: Serious serious upside in those middle rounds. Like yeah. you start, you can have him as your wide receiver three or four, depending on where you're starting in the draft, right? And to have a guy that's has a potential round or uh, sorry, uh, season two breakout on a team that really likes him, and, and once again, a guy on a high-powered offense, right? It's
1: yeah,
0: it's uh, it's that's I, I like him. I like it, Armin, yeah. especially me and you are on the wavelengths of the round five lock at round six. I you guy like that? We talked. We talked about that last week on the podcast. So
1: yeah, there it's great value. There, like amazing value at that that deep in the draft to be getting those two guys, I yeah, think. Absolutely.
0: Uh, Zach, your final my guy, my guy number three. All right. So uh,
2: Naheem Hines, running back 45, ADP of 134. And you can get Naheem somewhere in the 11th round in uh, 12 team leagues. Um, Naheem Hines, he's going to be a little bit more league specific to have the type of value that I'm talking about. Um, he's obviously going to be most valuable in PPR formats. Um, last year in PPR formats, he finished as the running back 15. And uh, that's right in the midst of running back two territory, uh, borderline running back one, uh, just three spots away from running back one. Um, last year, he's splitting time with, with Jonathan Taylor, in Indy, and now uh, Marlon Mack is coming back, but he's coming back from an Achilles injury that uh, we haven't really seen him uh, produce in the in the preseason so far. So I, I'm not afraid of Marlon Mack at this point uh, taking away reps from Hines, uh, and I've, I've seen some rumors pre preseason that speculated that Mack might be a really good trade candidate for a team like the Rams who they're dealing with a little bit of injuries at that position now. So even if Mac is healthy, he might not be on the team for long. Um, This is a starter that you can get in the late rounds after most, if not all the other starting running backs are off the board Um, of all the RBBC or all the backup running backs that are going to be available at the second half of your draft, he's the one to own for me. Um, He'd be in the same territory as like a Tony Pollard or JD McKissick or Jamal Williams. But I think Hines has shown the pedigree and uh, he's somebody that I'm really high on. And he's somebody that I'll be excited to get, um, you know, even around earlier, just to make sure that I get him in the 10th round. So Naheem Hines is somebody that you can definitely count on to produce for you guys
0: well and he he won people weeks while we were waiting for the jt breakout right it was like is jt breakout coming is it coming no nope. and naim he naim hines was absolutely balling out there for everybody last season so it's uh there's nothing that's pointed at that JT's officially taken over right so if he if he doesn't have that takeover or god forbid some injury happens naim hines is uh like you mentioned he's he's right in that juicy handcuff territory that's that might be worth uh buying up for so I like it. I got him in uh, in the same trade. I got JT for so. I unfortunately, I'm just in the handcuff territory, not necessarily the same upside territory. But um, my final one here, you guys, is um, is somebody I put my money in my mouth on, and I traded for in the off season. And ironically enough, I got him the same trade. I got Jamal Williams, uh, another guy I mentioned uh, earlier in the pod. So um, this one is another three headed monster. Uh, receiving room, and it is Deontay Johnson. I've seen a lot of people going hard saying it's Claypool times, Claypool breakout. It's possible. I won't disagree. That is possible. But I'm going to tell you why I think it's Deontay Johnson. One, we've already seen it. Okay. We've already seen him find great success this past year in these reconstructed new look we've seen from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. They want to run the ball. We already talked about that with Najee Harris, but their offensive line got even worse. And with Big Ben with his injuries, they want to get the ball out of his hand as quick as possible. So that is where Deontay Johnson absolutely ate last year. He was a target machine, coming with 144 targets, but unfortunately only getting 88 receptions. He did have a bit of the drops. He was benched a couple of times, which is partly why his numbers are a little bit lower than you would expect. He had 924 yards and seven TDs, which is nothing to scoff at, but with the amount of drops that had come, unfortunately, he did see a bit of dip in his potential upside, okay? Uh, Part of the reason why his ADP is where it is, is all three of them are in the same boat. Deontay Johnson, Claypool, and Juju Smith. They're all kind of being drafted in the same wavelength because nobody really knows who the one is or who has the highest potential upside. And Deontay Johnson has already established himself as the, I would call, solidified one. It's just people think, is there going to be a Claypool breakout that will take it over, okay? If we have seen anything from the Pittsburgh Steelers in this past season or anything moving forward, that I think it is maybe not necessarily unlikely that Claypool does boom a little bit, but I think it's that Deontay Johnson is going to continuously have significant value because of those receptions. The ball is out of the hand quick, and it, I'm looking for somebody in that fifth, sixth round. His ADP is wide receiver uh, 22, and he's ADP 56. He is continuously getting peppered the ball, and he has significant value because of target monster. He's a target monster, and he's going to continuously be eating into those receptions. Um, And like I mentioned, with that offensive line dwindling, I think he is the receiver to own. People are sleeping on him. I think out of all three of my guys, people are continuously sleeping on him. Maybe that's why their ADP is where it is. But Deontay Johnson put up some monster weeks last year. If he can figure out the dropsies, which lots of receivers do throughout their career, I think that with those 144 targets, that is something that to be desired in the fifth, sixth, sometimes even seventh round for Deontay Johnson. So he is my my guy number three.
2: Now, what do you think about this, Jordan? Um, say you're in the middle, you're like 5'7", all right? Uh, you're picking 5'7", and all three of the Pittsburgh receivers are there. Do you, you pick one? You say you take jo- Johnson, or do you wait until you're back at like, you know, after the turn in the sixth round and you just take whoever's left.
0: So personally me, I'm taking Deontay just because like I have that firm belief in him, but I'm not gonna sell anybody they're wrong by just waiting and taking the value, right? Like it's it's still up in the air, which is why obviously I mentioned all three of them are kind of sitting where they're sitting. Uh, but I have that firm belief in Deontay Johnson. If you believe in Claypool, it's probably one, one of the similar reasons that those targets are going to go somewhere. Maybe that the drops are or something that you can kind of fade Johnson a little bit. But obviously, there's a reason why I'm putting him as my, my guy. I think his, those those targets and that, that amount of receptions is something to be desired, and it's hard to come for, especially in a guy that's in the, like we mentioned, the sixth round. Uh, And there might even be people that are going to try and take Claypool even in front of them. So it's part of knowing your league. I think roster construction and the way I construct my roster is I want the the big the big running backs early. And then I want the safe receivers with the kind of sprinkling in a little bit of the potential upside guys. Uh, So my preference of roster construction, especially looking at my my guys, I have the the big upside running backs. And then I'm going to take a safe guy. Like I talked about McLaurin at the start of the episode. I'm going to take a safe guy like Johnson. And then I'm going to go hard in the paint with, with upside guys. Maybe even like around five, like Armin mentioned Lockett serious upside and then get Deontay Johnson, the sixth round. I would be very, very satisfied with that because you have the boom weeks of Lockett and you have the very safe floor with Deontay Johnson.
2: Would, uh, would playing in a different format. Change that for you?
0: Yeah, if I'm in a standard league, I think this is a little bit different because obviously this is strictly off of being a target monster. Uh seven touchdowns might be tough for him to repeat. Uh not here's us say he can't, but seven touchdowns might be tough. Uh looking at the yards, he's 924 yards, nothing to scoff at either. But in a standard league, we're really looking at those 144 targets. So in a in a PPR format, I really like him. Standard league, maybe fading him a little bit more, but I, I still like obviously. Uh, the yardage that can potentially come from 144 targets as well so absolutely
1: see for for me I'm going to play devil's advocate here I've been on the on the Steelers offense I would be Najee Harris is known to be a great receiving back right Yeah. so those short routes some of them are going to be lost to Najee so I'd be more inclined to take the guy who's not losing his targets to the running back and chase Claypool, the guy who's more of the deep threat in that offense. But that'd be my personal preference there.
0: Yeah, it, it also, the thing to think about too is like, it's, are we going to see Big Ben trying to take more shots down the field? Well, it's another year older. I haven't really seen anything to make it more confident in that obviously if you're gonna if you're gonna be a betting man you're gonna say the ball's gonna come out of the hand more often um and I think that it's gonna be a checkdown like much the same as you saw Ebron had a pretty successful year last year because it was continuous check he also had a case of the dropsies too but <laughs> he was a checkdown. so if I think if Najee's swing routes or nausea screens are gonna eat in anybody's reception I think it will be the tight end position um just because of the the routes that uh that have been ran obviously like you mentioned the clay pool downfield Deontay underneath and then Juju kind of sitting sitting on the in the flats there is kind of the safety valve so um I still think he's pretty solidified and especially if he uh if he worked on the hands a little bit and he's going to come down with uh, one of those 144 targets then I'm gonna be really happy with that so
1: yeah that boosts uh his points from last year quite a bit if he could catch even twenty more of his targets, right? That's twenty more points in PPR format.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think that'll pretty well do it here. Um, we 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 threw lots of names at you guys, and obviously there's pros and cons to both ends of our our guys we mentioned. But uh, uh, that'll do it for episode number sixteen. This has been the sleeper ADP darling, and obviously our my guys that we have been sharing. Um, good luck in your drafts, first of all. Uh, As draft season comes along, hopefully you guys end up with some of the same guys on our rosters here. Uh, We'll keep you posted with how the uh, 306 Fantasy Football Charity League goes. Uh, If you have any questions about your draft or guys that we also like, feel free to message us. I know there's lots of guys that message on Instagram, Twitter, all those platforms as well, too. So feel free to contact us. We're excited for the league to start. I'm sure you guys are excited as well. But uh, that is episode number 16. Thanks again for listening. Share us on obviously all the socials. And as per usual, on YouTube, hit the subscribe and on the podcast platforms, as usual. So that'll do it for episode number 16, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. Good luck in the drafts and fantasy seasons here, baby. Let's get it going.